The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Even though we might not be able to go to a Korean spa right now, I'm excited to share with you all the next best thing, and that's listening to the new K-beauty-themed season of Allure's Science of Beauty podcast. Hear from Allure's Michelle Lee and Jenny Bai-Yi as they explore different aspects of K-beauty, including hydration, face masks, and layering. They'll also be featuring chemists and dermatologists to answer all of our burning beauty questions. So if you want to enjoy the spa experience from the comfort of your very own home and hopefully get some great skincare product recommendations along the way, listen and subscribe to Allure, the Science of Beauty. New episodes release Thursday and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share that we have a brand new Summer Fridays product. We officially have a body lotion available, and I think you are going to love it. Our Summer Skin Nourishing Body Lotion is just enough hydration without feeling greasy on your skin. It's also got the most amazing light summer scent of coconut, vanilla blossom, and warm almond. As always, our products are vegan and cruelty-free, and this formula is filled with plant butters, all-natural oils, and ceramides. It's available now at Sephora and Summer Fridays, so pick it up and let me know what you think. I'm also so excited for this episode because it's with Desi Perkins. You may know her from Instagram and YouTube. And now this digital content creator is a founder of her very own sunglasses brand, Desi. We talk about starting her career in beauty, navigating the business of being a content creator and starting her own brand. And if you're not yet, please subscribe to my podcast because I have new episodes every Tuesday. Now let's hear from Desi. All right, Desi. So one of my favorite things to do when I start this podcast is talk about a story of how we met. And I don't even know if you'll remember the very first time that we met. Oh, I, I, I have the worst memory. You'll come to find that. Hopefully I remember, I don't remember things about myself sometimes, but was it the Disney trip or was it before that? It was before that. So actually it was like seven years ago. This was before I was even like on Instagram. It was when you guys were first starting to become you know, big on social. And I think you and Shayla were actually at like a dose of colors booth at like a makeup expo. Mm -hmm. And it was forever ago. And it was like really just the beginning of stuff. And I was trying to figure out social myself at the time we met like really briefly, but I had known Anna and you guys were at her booth. And that's how I met you first. But then after that was the Australia story and the Disney trip. And if people don't know, we went to Australia together and filmed a scene in Pirates of the Caribbean. You're not going to find us in the movie. Yeah. I mean, we are, we should be like, we're definitely, that made us A-list actresses, obviously, but <laughs> we were, um, extras. And when I mean extra, I mean like extra unnecessary. Cause we weren't even in it. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. Yeah. And like, we were so shocked. Cause like Johnny Depp came up, like when we were there and like the outfits there, our outfits were very cool looking. I remember both of us were like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe these outfits. I loved that. I'll never forget when Johnny Depp came in to give a hug. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And uh, I also remember vividly that I tried to sneak in on set while wearing my eyebrows because they said we had to show up with no makeup. And, you know, I have no eyebrows. And when I got there, they were like, uh, no, we're going to have to wipe those off. And I about died because they were like, yeah, back then eyebrows were very natural. I was like, yeah, you don't understand though. I don't have any hair. But mm. um yeah, if I could go back and meet Johnny Depp with eyebrows, that would be great. <laughs> that was great. And also we ended up going to like a zoo place and I held a koala. And you remember the koala was peeing when I was holding it? Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Um, but anyway, that was like our first trip that we got to take together where I got to know you like a little bit more. Now we've been on other trips and 
Dubai, around the world together and so many events and stuff. But I'm always so inspired by you, what you've built with your brand, your personal brand and your company now, who you are as a creator. And so I'm so excited to talk about your career journey today. Oh, thank you. Okay. So pre- Instagram, what were you doing before the internet, before you started your Instagram page? I was actually a server for six years. I started working at an ice cream shop when I was like, right when I was able to get a job, I think 15 and a half was the age. And then after that, I became a server and I was a server up until one day I just decided I hate this job. It is one of the hardest jobs. I respect anyone who works in the service industry. Cause I just know it's like, we have a bond. We know. Yeah. Same. And I, I worked in the service industry too. So now I always try to like be really nice to people. I like to like clean and stack my plates in the days of like going to restaurants. And so mm-hmm. I definitely feel that, but I feel like that experience that you had then probably really carried over to your career now, because I think there's so many skills that you learn from having that job. Yeah. 100%. It is. I just feel like everyone should be a server once in their life to really get an understanding of people. It's just one of those jobs where you get, not only do you hustle, like you have that hustle in you when you have that job, but you definitely understand how to read people and have good talking skills with people. It was, it was a great job. I actually had a lot of fun, but there were moments where I just, you know, wanted to throw my apron on the floor and just be like, I'm done. I'm out of here. (laughs) It's definitely really tough. And then after that, you then started your Instagram account. That's just the first thing you started, right? Yeah. I started on Instagram back when Instagram was really just used for filters. Nobody was really monetizing it at the time. And I decided that I wanted to really pursue makeup freelance. I had no idea because this is before being, you know, anyone on Instagram was a thing. And so I one day woke up and decided that I was going to attempt to post one picture a day for a whole month of a makeup look just to get me motivated uh, to get more jobs freelance. And as I started doing that, I realized that maybe freelance wasn't for me. I knew that there had to be another job where I could create whatever I wanted. Whereas when I was working freelance, I was creating for others. And, uh, that's amazing, but I just knew it wasn't for me. Right. And I was working in TV and that was even more, not my style. As you guys know, I got into makeup mostly for my Halloween special effects. That's really when I started to get noticed. And I'll never forget the day that Vegas Nay reposted me. She was one of the first to pioneer, uh, the makeup reposting type pages. And she reposted me. I was sitting in my living room which my living room was a garage at the time. Stephen and I lived in this garage makeshift place and my phone was blowing up. I looked down at my phone. It was just going off. I had notifications on because back then not having them, you know, there wasn't a thing as having them off. It wasn't really a big deal because you didn't get as much engagement as you did now. And I got so many followers. I couldn't believe it. I was jumping up and down. My friends made fun of me. They couldn't believe that I cared so much about this. But to me, it was such a big deal because I had invested that month. I was really, really just working hard to put my work out there. I'll never forget her. And and it showed me how influential one person can be because she really catapulted me into then starting a YouTube. After that, everyone started asking me to start a YouTube channel. And I said, you know what? Why not? Let me just pick up the camera and try out YouTube, even though I had no idea what I was doing. I had absolutely no editing 
skills or knowledge. I learned that blade is, you know, the B and you can just cut clips that way. And I taught myself everything through YouTube on how to edit and upload. And then, you know, that kind of got me to where I am now, which is crazy to think about. And when you first started your YouTube channel, were you like, okay, I'm going to just take this momentum I'm having on Instagram and start this channel. Did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine it would be what it became today? No, how, how I never, never, ever, ever in my life. I still, till this day will catch myself doing something, you know, in this space. And I think back to that moment in my living room and I just can't believe all the opportunity and And just how amazing it is that we could be self-made through Instagram. It's given anyone who wants to show the world their talent, this amazing platform. Like I just couldn't even fathom that, that this all happened for me. And when you first published that first YouTube video, did you have fear? Were you nervous? Were you scared to put yourself out there? Uh, 100% that video, no personality. I was so nervous. And I think this was the time of a more formal type of video on YouTube. And I felt like I needed to be like other creators on the platform, just very professional. And I was really afraid to be myself, to be honest with you. I look back at that video and I'm wondering to myself, who is that? That's definitely not me, but it's part of the journey. So it's there. Yeah, I was nervous. I was nervous. The lighting was terrible also, which I think is just part of the early YouTube story that I have to tell. And your channel has really evolved. So how has your content changed on YouTube over the years? I think my content on both my platforms have just evolved so much because it's always been, and I've, I've always wanted to do, how do I say this? I guess there was a time where my mom told me, you know, you just have too many interests which is great to have a lot of interests, but try to focus on one thing so that you could be really great at that one thing. That's something she always told me. And I just felt like, I don't think that's the case. I think you could really just put out what you love and people will receive it. Somebody out there will receive it. And so at any point of my life that I've gone through, I've hoped that my audience would just grow with me and enjoy the things that I'm putting out there. So I went from posting mostly strictly beauty videos, and then I started dipping into fashion videos, and then slowly into lifestyle videos. And now I started another channel with my husband, and we do more lifestyle, family, documentary style videos over there. So really, I just figure anything I want to put up, I'm going to put up. I don't feel like you have to just be pigeonholed to, you know, one niche. That's just how I do things. So it's changed drastically. Let's pause for a second and talk about one of my favorite moments of the day, making a cup of tea. If you look in my kitchen, I have a drawer full of all different flavors, depending on what time of day it is or what my mood is, because I love a variety of options. And Art of Tea has over a hundred tea blends to choose from, including white, green, and herbal to name a few. My favorites are the dessert teas because they are perfect when you have a sweet tooth. So if you're like me, try the dark chocolate peppermint or vanilla berry truffle. You can try their delicious organic teas for 20% off using the code LIFEWITHMARIANA20 at artoftea.com. 
Art of Tea is an organic tea importer based in Los Angeles, and they are on a mission to impact as many lives as possible through tea by creating a healthy, delicious, and sustainable tea drinking experience. What I love most about their company is they contribute to a more eco-friendly world through their biodegradable tea bags and sustainable packaging. In the morning, I love to start my day with a caffeinated tea like their matcha. You can make it at home with their at-home matcha kit or try white coconut, which is creamy, smooth, and sweet. For the evening after dinner, I love to finish the day with a caffeine-free tea before bed. The chamomile clementine tea is citrus, floral, and light, or try sleep tea with chamomile, spearmint, and valerian. It is a calming, sleepy time tea, and that's just perfect before bed. Brand partners like Art of Tea are how I keep the show up and running, so be sure to check their delicious organic teas for 20% off using the code LIFEWITHMARIANA20 at artoftea.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. Speaking of changes, I feel like the way that YouTube just is, it's such a different platform, I guess, from the time of like when you started to now. How do you feel about uploading YouTube content? Do you feel like ever discouraged that views are lower if it's like not as clickbaity or like the drama that just kind of is what YouTube is? Because I almost feel like sometimes now it's more entertainment than than educational. Yeah, honestly, that that kills me. It's actually, it's it makes me sad sometimes to see how... YouTube has changed. I genuinely think that content was just, I don't know, so much more wholesome and not that I need wholesome content, but I mean, in the sense of it was a very safe space from what I remember it in the beginning, it was a very supportive space. And I do feel discouraged by clickbait videos and, you know, drama filled content because I feel like those always get the most views and people want to see that they want to see something shocking. And unfortunately there's not a lot of shocking things going on over here. (laughs) I I really try to stay away from that. So it has been discouraging because I, I refuse to, to put out that kind of content. That's just not who I am. And you know, I've, I've kind of learned to accept it at this point. I put out what I want to, but it is discouraging because views are so much lower, but I feel like that's really across the board views are lower. And I'm wondering if maybe it's because there's so much fast form content now that people want something so quickly. Um, they want to see something from A to, to Z like fast, you know, and for sure. It's like the TikTok mentality. It's like, if I can't see it under 60 seconds, it's too long. Right. Exactly. And so I think People, I think our our minds are developing to want things so much more instantly now. So it's just, I want instant results. I want instant gratification. I want the before and after so quickly, you know, Amazon shipping. I want everything fast. So I think that's just how we're evolving. I don't know. YouTube is a little discouraging these days. Not going to lie. Well, between your YouTube and Instagram content, all of it, the way that you edit and create content, I just love. And I'll tell you, like when you post a picture, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I love the edit. How did you guys learn to edit all of your content? We're just all self-taught over here. I think anytime I see something, I try to research and see maybe how something can be done. How did they do that transition? Like I'm really trying to do TikToks right now. And that's you know, the transitions there are insane. And so we literally dissect a picture, a video frame by frame, if it's a video to see how something is done. And then we just try to teach ourselves. I'm so lucky that I have, you know, my husband who helps me so much, my brother, we're all just love to get creative and try new things. We kind of merged recently just 
art with photos. Like I've always wanted to have this feeling of a scrapbook vibe of something you made when you were in high school, when you used to like tape pictures and draw little notes on them. That's just something I've always really missed about my past doing that. So I think that carries on a lot into, you know, my content now. I love all of the like creativity. You always come up with such great ideas. Where where do those ideas come from? Whether it's a photography style or a makeup look, especially like when it comes to Halloween, because you're so creative and unique and I just love everything you put together. Oh, thank you. So Halloween, my advice for coming up with something new is to find inspiration in a different genre of art. So I don't research Halloween makeup looks. I research art. I'll have a a random idea, say the, the melting skull situation. Like one day I just thought, oh, melting would be really cool. Something dripping. So I started to look up melting girl drawing, melting girl uh, painting. And I looked to paintings and drawings and something that's not makeup. Because if you want to create something new, it's important to find inspiration in other things outside of your field because you're not going to, most of the time, you're not going to find new inspiration in something that's been already created in your field. So that's just like something I've always done. I, I look to other other forms of art. And that's how I get it. You're so good at it too. And I love seeing it because I can, I can tell how much effort you put into each piece of content and I know it's not easy. And I I think other people value from that too, because I feel like if they know that they're a follower and they're coming to your page, or if they're a brand and they're working with you, they're coming for quality, creative, beautiful assets. Oh, you're so great, girl. That's how I feel about you. You're just you're so consistent. I really admire your work ethic. It's insane. I just, I mean, consistency is something you got down. I'm, oh, I can always go to your page and know (laughs) that you have good quality, consistent content. That's not easy to do. Thank you. Thank you. So before people are wanting to become, you know, get in this influencer space or start a YouTube channel, are there any lessons that you want to pass on to people so that they hopefully don't make the same mistakes? Yeah, there's a lot of advice I could give people. One is always know the value that you bring to the table and just know your worth, right? Because there's moments in your career where you're going to do something because it's going to be great for you. And it's a mutual gain you and whoever you work with. And then there's going to be times where you're going to be taking advantage of, and it's really hard to understand the difference between the two. Uh, I, I think, I think everyone's going to have their journey and the more experiences you go through, the more you'll learn, but just always know that you are valuable and, you know, you're going to bring something great to the table and don't doubt yourself because I think then when you start to doubt yourself, you start to lessen your value in your own head. And I think that happened to me a few times. So that's something I would say. Another thing I would say is always make sure you're reading your contracts. Okay. I know, yes. people, I know you can get excited because this company wants to work with you and you're, you can't believe it. You're eager. You, you just want to get, you know, your foot in the door, but nothing will ever be more valuable than owning, you know, your, your content. Your just, you have to read the contract. Okay. Cause it'll be one of your biggest regrets. You just have to do that for yourself. And then also my last one would be 
when you're starting out, you have to be super, super consistent. I mean, you always should be consistent. Obviously there's times where, you know, it's not going to happen for you like me over here (laughs) sometimes, but I remember starting out what, what got me noticed was putting out as good of content as I could and also doing it consistently. And I know that you mentioned this a lot in your advice as to putting out content of the brands that you seek to work with, like kind of trying to put things out that they're their vibe. That's such great advice too. That's such a good way to get brands to notice you tagging them. I mean, I think you've said a lot of that, but um, yeah, that's just smart consistency. You can't expect to only put out one video here and then maybe a picture once a month and hope for progress because it'll, it just won't happen. Unfortunately, it is a very saturated market and there's space for everyone, but you can get lost in the shuffle if you're not being consistent. And I think brands will also pick up on that. They'll see that, you know, you don't post a lot or so I would say those things, those are the top things that I think of. And that's even something that is still true to today. So it's like, you had to be consistent when you started. And then once you grow, you have to still maintain your audience, your network, your community online. It's just not like, okay, once I made it to X amount of followers, I can just like leave it and post every once in a while. I feel like you have to continuously create content basically forever. Forever. You have to understand that being your own boss can be so great, but you also have to be your own motivator. Nobody's there to tell you, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. That's going to be you, you know, that's always going to be you if you choose this path. And if you don't have that self-motivation, it's going to be really, really hard to make it in this type of industry. Cause you just got to keep pushing over here. You know, it's so true. Let's break for a moment to talk about the seasons changing and moving into a new time of year spring. Something about moving from cooler temperatures to sunnier days brings on a feeling of new beginnings. I love spring in Los Angeles, and here it means enjoying a shift to warmer temperatures and feeling really energized by a new season. It also is the perfect time to shift my wardrobe from cozy layers to spring fabrics, dresses, and floral prints that really remind me of the spring season. And Other Stories is a spring-style destination with collections from three ateliers based in Stockholm, Paris, and Los Angeles, and I've already picked out some pieces to wear as I transition my wardrobe into a new season. There are three different cities that inspire their collections. The Stockholm looks are a minimalist dream, inspired by the city's reawakening after a long winter. The Paris Atelier offers an effortlessly feminine look with romantic prints and silhouettes. The LA Collection captures the confidence, glamour, and bright outlook of a California girl just like me. And my personal style is a mix of all three, so their pieces match perfectly with my aesthetic. And Other Stories invites you to discover new wardrobe treasures this spring. Get inspired and create your own signature style at stories.com. And for a limited time only, take 15% off your entire order on stories.com with the code Mariana. That's M-A-R-I-A-N-N-A for 15% off your entire order on stories.com. I can't wait to see how you style your looks this spring. Now let's get back to the episode. So what are some of the hardest parts of your job or things that you struggle with? Well, I think... I don't know where the whole like, oh, just doing your makeup in front of a mirror must be nice. Like that's a hard, that's such a hard job. That's not even like the, that's the smallest fraction of what I think we really do. I respect all influencers, creative, you know, digital content creators, because I know how much hustle and how much hard work happens behind the scenes. We do a multitude of jobs 
and it's considered one job, but really we're doing so much behind the scenes. You know, you're your own editor, your own photographer at times. When I first started, I did everything on my own. I was my own manager, my own editor. I had to teach myself, right? I didn't had no idea how to edit videos. It's not easy. Um, so doing that and just the business side of things, I did not go to school for business. And I, along with the whole industry, had no idea how to navigate social media because it was just happening in the moment. So really learning and teaching myself how to handle that business-wise was also really, really difficult. There's so many emails, you're constantly busy all day. So it's definitely a lot of work, but like you said, on the flip side, there's a lot of fun things that go into it. You just, you know, you learn as you go and it's a, it's a constant hustle every day. And how do you stay motivated? Because it is like never ending. It is nights and weekends and holidays. And it's someone said the other day I saw on Instagram and it's like being a creator is you are a small business. And so it's like small businesses. You don't get paid vacation. You don't get time off. There's no health benefits. Um, there's no sick days. There's no maternity leave. And it's difficult to push through all those times and be supporting a small team of people at the same time. Uh, 100%. And I definitely feel that now more than ever being on quote unquote maternity leave. Not that I ever really had maternity leave. I've been working through the whole thing. It's definitely difficult to not have those days off, but I think I want to say that we all have the common denominator of that hustle mentality where, you know, you just want to be better than you were the day before. And I think it's a blessing and a curse. I was actually just talking to my brother about this, how you just always think you want to improve and do better and do that. And sometimes that can be bad, right? Because you're constantly wanting what's next and not really in the moment of what you just did was insanely incredible, whatever it is, right? You just constantly like, okay, next, 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 next. So I, I guess the way I stay motivated is just, I mean, every ounce of my being has always been wanting to create. And for me, that's what makes me so happy. I don't care what it is. It could be a painting. It could be a picture. It could be a look, a feeling. I just am motivated by what I love. I genuinely love to create content and it makes me so happy. There's nothing like the feeling of having a vision and talking it over. That always motivates me. Just talking with someone else who is creative, surrounding yourself with people who are creatives or whatever it is that you want to do, surround yourself with people who are doing that or who have interest in that because it's such a momentum. It's such a high to have these conversations with people like this, like make friends in those industries, because that always like leaves me so full. And like, I want to go home and create having conversations with people with similar interests. Cause if you ever notice, if you're just wanting to do something and you try to talk to your friends about it and they're a little, like, they don't understand, they don't get it, or they're not as motivated in that field you just leave that conversation feeling like, ah, okay. But if you're in a room with people who, or if, you know, however you meet these people, if you're talking to somebody about your ideas and they also are creatives, it is going to give you this high. It's going to pump you up. You're going to leave there feeling inspired. It's such a huge difference who you surround yourself with. And I think when I do that and I have these meetings with my team, I leave 
with all this motivation. And that always helps me. And your brand is so strong and unique. And I feel like it really comes across in all of like the creativity of your looks and your photography and editing styles. How do you think about the, like not the person, but like, well, I guess it is kind of the person, but the brand of Desi Perkins, or is it even really something that you've thought of? Personally, I don't really put like myself in uh, this is my brand box, I guess you would say, but I do think I just want to put out the best quality content that I possibly can because I love to do that. But I don't think that I actually have a brand myself. Like, I don't think you'd go to my page and say that there's like an, I don't know, you tell me, but I think when I go to my page, there's not like, oh, this is the vibe. I think I just vibe out with whatever I'm feeling at the time and go, let's do that. I love that you're so many things and that you're always changing and evolving and like your style changes or you wear different kinds of outfits or you change up your hair and makeup. And so I think that is your, your brand is that you're ever changing and evolving and you're still staying true to who you are. And I know what I'm going to get from you, but you're still going to surprise me at the same time. There, there you go. Thanks. See, sometimes it helps me to hear someone else say, cause I'm like, what do you see when you go to my page? I just kind of vibe out and decide this is what I want to do today. Let's do it. And, uh, I really love that Instagram has stories now because I think that helps people see a lot more into, you know, a less curated you, which I also really enjoy. And then we also talked about Desi, the brand, which I'm so excited to talk about. So you recently launched your, well, you launched a brand and a baby all at the same time, which (laughs) is just crazy to you know, give birth to two things. But when you were starting your brand, it's scary to go out on your own for the first time after doing collabs and other things. So did you have fears when launching your own company? Oh my gosh. I was terrified, terrified to leave. I had started doing sunglasses with Kia. I was terrified to leave that because it's, that's what I knew, you know, and, but I just knew that if I wanted my visions played out, I would have to do it under my brand because essentially when you're collaborating with another brand, you're creating content for them, but you are also keeping within their brand identity and your ideas really stay within their brand identity, which is a lot of fun, but I had all these ideas and I knew that that's what I wanted to do forever. So it was a scary thing for me to leave and decide I'm going to do this with no business experience other than what I personally have had along the way, right? With collaborations and things like that. I think that really helps give you an understanding. But as you know, when you're doing collaborations, they handle all the back end things and you are the creator. You get to design, create, but they're handling all the hard stuff in the back, you know, the, the manufacturing and all of those things. There's so much that goes into it that I was really terrified to learn, but now here I am, I'm learning. It's still so hard, but it's so rewarding. And honestly, seeing the visions that, you know, I've had come to life, there's no better feeling than that. So I'm so happy I made that decision to start Desi. And I think people naturally would have thought like, why not makeup? So why did you want to go into sunglasses instead of beauty? It's just what I felt the most passionate about. And I feel the most passionate about right now. Like I really enjoy designing eyewear. I also feel like 
I don't know. I felt the beauty space for me in the, the makeup world was a little just crowded. Not to say that people can't start makeup brands. They can. It's just for some reason, I just felt like I wanted to do fashion. And, I, and I've always wanted and loved fashion. For anyone who doesn't know, I actually, that was my dream job even before makeup. I've always done fashion sketches and had these ideas and wanted to really see them made after I sketched them out. The way I got into makeup was accidental through art because I liked painting and I ended up doing a look for Halloween and I just felt like it would be the same thing as painting and that's how I got into makeup. So I grew to love that because it was an art form that I also really loved. But I think my little girl dream was always to design in the fashion world. So and you're so good at it. I love when you're like sketching, like just like things. I'm like, I know you're doodling, but this is better than anything I could ever make. Like I'll see you like with your iPad on Instagram stories and you're just so naturally good at it. What is your design process like? Well, my design process is kind of a mess and I, <laughs> my laugh with my team all the time because, you know, I wish I was more structured, naturally a more structured person but I am very much driven by what's inspiring me at the moment. And um, if I don't have the inspiration, then I just don't have it. Right. So I can't just design something out of nothing, but uh, my process is really, like I said earlier, just going online, making mood boards. What's the vibe. I know you're big into mood boards as well. What is something, what's the story I want to tell? Like, what's the feeling I'm really big on giving people a feeling I love editing my videos to give a feeling and just spark emotion. And so I play off of that. What's, what do I want the feeling to be? And that's how I start. Then I'll make my mood board, whether I'm inspired by a genre or, you know, just random Instagram pictures, then I will sketch out ideas of, okay, this is the sunglass that I'm thinking. I do a terrible sketch of it because sunglasses are actually very hard to sketch compared to anything else. It's a very different type of art that I'm uh, still learning. I actually want, that's my next project, learning how to do CAD drawings really, really well. So uh, I sketch it out. Then I have it made into a more formal design. When I get the sample, I put it on and I describe a feeling. So every single time I put on a sample, I say, for example, you know, this sunglass says, I don't have time for you. I'm a very busy woman and I have meetings back to back. Like, I'm, I love that. I'm not, I'm not here to play your games. Like, and I will say the craziest thing every single time I put on a sunglass and, and then I play off of that vibe. That's just really my, that's my process. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. And then at the beginning, cause you were trying to figure it out. How did you find your manufacturers or other partners to make your dreams a reality? So I actually took so many meetings and I think when you're wanting to do something like this, it's important to do that, right? Even if, you don't know if that's the route you want to take. Taking meetings is so great because with every conversation you have, you gain a little bit of knowledge. So when I started Desi, that's what I did. I wasn't sure, you know, which route to go, where to start. It's such, I had no idea. So I took meetings, uh, a lot of different investors and just even with my agency. And I learned so much, but in the end, I knew I wanted to, create Desi on my own. And I didn't want to take on investors right away because I'm so passionate about how I want my vision played out. And 
I felt like if I did take on investors right away, maybe they would have their say of how they wanted things to be played out. And that's just not how I wanted to start the brand. I hope that eventually, obviously, like, you know, I will take on investors and that's going to be great. But ultimately, I want to do it on my own. So that made it a little bit more tricky. I took some meetings with people and got recommendations on who could help me and who had these manufacturer connections, who has already had these relationships. And I found some amazing people to help me with the manufacturing. And they have had experience in the sunglass world before. They already had their manufacturers. And so that was great. That's really what we did. We hired people to help us in the areas where, you know, we had no idea what to do there. And how has it been going running your own brand? Like what, what's it actually like? Uh, Let's just say that it's the hardest and most rewarding thing. Yes. Aside from motherhood, because I will say the same thing about motherhood, (laughs) but it is so difficult. And I think when we see something, we don't realize, I mean, me personally, I would see people doing their brand and you just see the final beauty of it, right? You see somebody selling something and it's, you know, you see their marketing and things like that. And that's what you notice, but there's so much more than that. That's just the tip of the iceberg that goes into running your own business. And I'm still learning. It is so much. It's basically like going to business school. (laughs) And, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely very, very difficult but I think I'm finally starting to get the hang of it. And right now we are such a small team, which I'm not sure people realize, but it's really just a handful of us and mostly my family. And we're over here trying to run, you know, the social and the customer service and the shipping and the manufacturer. And, you know, there's so much that goes into it that, Now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, we need to hire on more people and expand. And it's such a hard time to do that as well right now because of everything going on with, you know, COVID and everything. It's like, how do you hire people now? Well, now everyone has to work from home and it's been wild trying to start the business during this time. I'll tell you that much. I'll, I'll never forget when this all blew up. I was just in such a panic because I was already so anxious with everything going on. And then, you know, starting a business in this is also terrifying, (laughs) but um, thankfully it's been going good. And I'm really grateful for all of my customers who have supported me, all of the subscribers who have been with me forever and just continuously support me. You talked about being able to meet with like a lot of people before starting your brand. Was there anyone who gave you a piece of advice that like really stood out to you? Yes. Yes. I got a piece of advice from another brand owner and it really helped me because I think that when you start your brand, you hope everything goes perfect, but that's not the case. And I've talked to so many brand owners and things are always going to go wrong. That is just a fact. I I mean, I'm, I'm sure even with, you know, summer Fridays, like it's impossible for everything to go perfect, right? I mean, every brand owner I've talked to, something will always, there's always going to be a hiccup. And what someone else told me once was when they first started, they said there was, you know, there was hiccups, nothing ever went right. Nothing was ever on time. 
And now that they've been in business for so long, they're like a well-oiled machine and everything runs so smoothly. But he said, live in the moment because these are the most exciting times. And even though they can be hard, you'll look back on these and they're going to be a great memory. And it's really, that's where all your passion is. That's where all your hustle is. He goes, yeah, now that we're a well-oiled machine, it's cool, but I miss those days where things were that way. And it's, it's a really positive way to look at a negative situation. But for some reason, that advice to me helped me because we have had hiccups, of course. And I felt like my whole world was going to end and I was really letting it get to me. And when he told me that advice, I was like, you know what? You're right. This is part of the learning process. Things are bound to go wrong. And if things don't go wrong, you'll never learn how to make them right, fix those situations. And so all of those hiccups in life just kind of gave you that, give you that knowledge that you wouldn't otherwise have had if everything just went perfectly or the hustle. So that's such great advice. And it happens to everybody. And it's really about like learning from each mistake and then just enjoying the journey along the way. And, you know, you'll look back in a few years and be like, oh my gosh, remember when there was just like a handful of us and we were doing all these things together and everything you've been doing is just incredible. And adding to that list of things that you've been doing was also becoming a mother recently, which I'm just so happy for you. So how has it been balancing motherhood and work? Because, you know, you are running two businesses plus a family. Oh, it is. First of all, motherhood's the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) I am living in bliss. I just am enjoying every moment with little baby ocean. He's the most happy baby of all time. Um, But with that said, I think, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I, I realize now how hard motherhood is. And you could be aware of how hard motherhood is before having kids, but it isn't until you have kids that you really realize how hard. It's almost like I I look at my mom so differently now because I understand so much more. It's like this this gate has been opened and there's all these new emotions that I'm feeling and with that there is a pressure like you said earlier with getting back into the swing of things with being an online content creator because you don't really get those time that time off. You're expected to be on 24/7. So there's been a struggle for me between who I was before being a mom and who I am now. And they're both so different that I'm trying to meet myself in the middle in a way, you know, keeping my self identity, keeping my identity and also being a mom and juggling that in itself outside of business has been something so new and difficult for me. But then you throw in the business stuff and it's wild. Like it's crazy because you're so emotional with your brand, you know, obviously, you know, as a creator, like your brand is everything to you. And, you know, with your hormones during being a new mom, throw that all in one pot and it's just a mess, but I'm slowly getting back into the swing of things with that. And it's been really, really great. Now I'm starting to find more balance in my life. And I think that's just normal. When you become a mom, you have to figure out how to balance, you know, who you were with who you are now. And it's a natural it's just a natural thing. I actually had to tell myself the other day, like it took you nine months to create life. So give yourself time to find yourself again and don't be in such a rush. 
And it is hard being in the public eye because everything moves really quickly. And you feel like if you're not posting, if you're not doing this, if you're not doing that, then like, you know, what are you doing? But once I told myself that, like, I really have to give myself time, have grace with myself mentally, physically, and that's in business. And, you know, with me personally, once I said that to myself, I, it really just clicked for me. And I thought, okay, I'm good where I am. And I'm going to appreciate everything about my life right now. Even if it's like juggling is really difficult, but I'll remember this moment. Like I'll remember, you know, holding ocean and being on a zoom call and him crying and trying to like work with the manufacturers and do all this stuff. It's all good memories. It's all good memories. And with that, do you have a schedule that you work with now, especially having a baby? Like your work schedule? Um, yeah, I have a work schedule. I try to focus, you know, certain days on, you know, one day it'll be, let's, let's do all design meeting. One day it's let's all, let's only do content here. Let's talk about future things here. And I, I actually just started trying to have a more structured schedule. Whereas before I just, you know, was moving and grooving whenever I felt like it, but I think it's so much better for me now with a baby to have more structure so that I know when to make time for these things, because it's not just me that, you know, I'm working around now it's, I have a baby, so I can't just kind of do things when I want to, I have to make sure that, you know, I'm carving out time for everything so that I get everything done. Because if I don't, I'll be so overwhelmed. I found myself getting really overwhelmed and things almost felt like they were floating in the air, all my tasks. And I didn't know, (laughs) I I got so overwhelmed that I ended up not doing any of them Mm -hmm. because it seemed like so much. So now that I've structured it out, I'm doing good. Do you ever have times where you're like, okay, it's a no phone, no device time so that you have some sort of boundary between like personal and work since basically work is all, a lot of it is online. Yes. I started with that journal, the five minute journal, which is so great. Even if you don't have a lot of time for yourself, the five minute journal is so nice to really reflect on yourself in the morning. And then also at night, even if it's just that small amount of time that I decide I'm going to have my coffee, I'm going to sit outside. I'm going to carve out time for myself to not be on my phone and just think about what I want out of the day today and what's going to make me happy. That helped me so, so, so much meditating. I actually did like a meditation on, was it this last weekend? And I realized in that meditation that I haven't really given myself time to process my feelings because I think we're always go, go, go. And say you're feeling down about something, you kind of just let that snowball or I was letting that snowball And I wasn't stopping and taking the time to think about myself and why I'm feeling a certain way. And once I did that, it made such a huge difference in the way I saw things like night and day. I think it's so important for you to take time to yourself without the devices and really think about your, your feelings and what's going to make you happy today and what, you know, and how you can manifest that. Because when you say something out loud or you write it down, you really manifest that and you tell yourself, today is going to be a positive day. These are the things I want to get done. And this is what I want out of the day. And so doing that has helped tremendously. My last question I want to ask is any advice you would give to a younger Desi? 
Ah, that's such a hard question because I don't regret anything. I've made so many mistakes, but like, I, I just, I don't think I would ever change those things because they were such learning moments for me. But I guess what I would tell my younger self or what I like to tell people, because it took me a while to learn this on my own. But the advice is that anytime something bad is happening in your life, just know that it's, it's so it's like when you're in that moment, it seems like the worst thing ever. And it could possibly be the worst thing ever. But those bad moments are guiding you into a different direction or molding your life. So how, how can I say this? I, I, I've said it so many times before, but basically I look back at all the moments in my life where something really bad has happened, but how I come out of those moments have changed who I am in the best way. And some things that I thought were meant for me weren't meant for me. And those roads were just not the right roads. And so they didn't work out for me and that's okay. I took a different path because of that. And it landed me where I am now. And I've learned so many lessons. So now when something bad is happening, I just understand that without the, without the bad, I wouldn't really appreciate the good. And so we all need a little bad in our life to appreciate. And it's just balance. And that's that. Amazing. Well, that was so great. Thank you for being so open and sharing all of this. And we're so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me on. I don't really do podcasts, so I hope I did okay. <laughs> you did amazing. Thank you so much, Desi. All right, girl. Talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me. And follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.